and welcome to The Good, The Bad, and The Podcast, the movie show where we take a given genre and we explore those good movies that were clearly written by a clever girl, those bad movies that make you want to bicycle kick the director, and those ugly movies that leave you feeling like your brain has been transplanted into a mechanical dinosaur. Hello, I am Mark. Hey, I'm Kelly. And I'm Charles. May I say, Mark... Um, this was a fantastic set of picks. I, <laughs> I can't wait to talk about all these with you. I have a feeling this is going to be my favorite episode in quite a while. I'm pretty I excited s- about it too, to be honest. And this is actually, this is going to be a special episode because, um, as you guys know, last time when Mark announced his picks, um, one, they were slightly different and two, uh, I also said that I'd wanted to do dinosaur movies, and so what happened was Mark watched all of his and, and then you know told us about him, and we couldn't find one of the movies, um, which is a, a nymphoid barbarian in dinosaur hell. And I, I even went to movie trading company and asked them, and it, you know it's pretty awkward asking that to the guys like, "What do you look for? Oh, a nymphoid barbarian in dinosaur hell?" He's like, "Oh, right okay. on a piece of paper." Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but they, they, they haven't had it for a while, so um, so we couldn't find it. So then the compromise is that uh, Mark would take a look at my list and pick one of those, and that's what he did. Um, but we're also we are still going to talk about an Infoid Barbarian slightly. Mark's going to talk about it a little bit, yeah. um, and then there was another movie uh, that came up, and that's the Velocipaster, and. I don't know who's watched it here. Uh, I think Kelly has, and I've watched it. So we'll talk a little bit about that at the end as well. Uh, but yeah, it's kind of a special episode. It's going to be kind of a, I guess, a little bit extended episode because we're doing five movies, sort of. And it's a it's a fun topic. I'm really excited about these picks, and I'm I'm really happy you chose uh, Tammy and the T-Rex from my list, Mark. <laughs> I couldn't. Uh, I couldn't leave my girl Denise Richards hanging after uh, after we did the Bond episode. I've always had a. I've always had a, a affinity for her, even though she's not the greatest actress. Mark, I thought Christmas only comes once every year. Yeah, <laughs> yeah now we get we get twice this year with Tammy <laughs> and the T Rex. Oh my gosh! Um, yeah, so I got to say, I I still think my my conspiracy theory is that I caused the Nymphoid Barbarian movie to be removed from YouTube just by the act of watching it. I think they're like, oh, somebody watched it. Let's monetize this or something. I don't know. But because um, I had it was free on YouTube and I watched it all. And Charles, I think, was able to watch 15 minutes and then stopped. Yeah. And then when he came back, it was gone. So well, it was it not just gone. Yeah. It was like set to private. It was like weird. <laughs> so anyway, yeah. um, you think they want the publicity, but uh, such is life. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I picked these because I've always, you know, this is such a iconic uh, movie genre the i feel like we could do two more episodes just that feature live action dinosaurs because there, there's so much out there i looked into uh whoopi goldberg's what was it theodore rex <laughs> yes um yes i, I kind of wanted that well i shouldn't say we probably won't do it but i thought maybe it would be ugly because i hadn't seen it for a, for a while and i i watched it, i'm like man this is really bad and i'd already picked uh, my my bad pick so anyway yeah. i'm excited it'll be good and for that, uh, I actually, uh, I, you know, on this list, I, I, I don't know which one's going to be your bad because I, I, I feel like there's a, a clear good one. And then there's like two ugly ones that were fun for me. So I, I don't know. We'll see. Yeah, I, I agree with you, Charles. I, 
I watched. <laughs> so I watched Jurassic Park first. I mean, obviously, like I, I rewatched. I had seen it already, but um, I watched Tammy and the T Rex next, and I was like, okay, I know for certain which one this is. And then I watched Future War. And I was like, wait a second, oh. <laughs> hold on, hold on. So yeah, I, I agree with that uh, that summary because even I kind of second guess myself even. So I'm kind of glad Nymphord Barbarian wasn't available because I feel like Tammy made it a little more clear for me because I watched Future War a while back and had made my decision about that one. And then I watched Nymphord Barbarian and Dinosaur Hell. And uh, when I went back and watched Future War, I'm like, oh no, these, there's a little gray area. There's more gray area with these between the bad and the ugly picks. So it'll be fun hashing that out. Yeah. I'm excited. So should, should we say which one we think they are? Yeah. You want to do guesses? Yeah. Okay, so I think obviously Jurassic Park has to be good. I think Tammy's going to be ugly, and Future War is going to be bad. Okay, I agree with Charles. that. That's what I think. All right, we shall see. Okay, All right. so you want to get started? But yeah, so uh, our first pick is going to be Jurassic Park, nineteen ninety-three. Uh, the one with the best graphics uh, was the earliest. A pragmatic paleontologist visiting an almost complete theme park is tasked with protecting a couple of kids after a power failure causes the park's cloned dinosaurs to run loose. All right, and here is the trailer. Since the beginning of time, man has searched the earth for evidence of its past. But while some have looked for clues to the mystery, one man has found the way to bring the mystery back to life. I own an island off the coast of Costa Rica, and I've spent the last five years setting up a kind of biological preserve. Here, on this private island, science has defied evolution. Where do you get a hundred million year old dinosaur blood? Genetics has mastered creations. We've made living biological attractions so astounding that they'll capture the imagination of the entire planet. And extinction. is a thing of the past. Welcome to Jurassic Park. What they got in there, King Kong? None of these attractions are ready yet, of course, but the park will open with the basic tour you're about to take. Hey, look at this. You see something? Dinosaurs and man, two species separated by 65 million years of evolution have just been suddenly thrown back into the mix together. Sure. How can we possibly have the slightest idea? Do you feel that? What to expect? Fences are failing all over the park. Yeah, yeah, that's nice. The phones are out too. Gotta go. Universal Pictures presents. Ian, freeze! I can't get Jurassic Park back online. An adventure 65 million years in the making. Oh, no. This is 
just a delay. That's all it is. All major theme parks had delays. When they opened Disneyland in 1956, <laughs> nothing worked. But John, if the Pirates of the Caribbean breaks down, the pirates don't eat the tourists. You sure we're safe? Yes. Unless they figured out how to open doors. Jurassic Park. And that was, of course, Jurassic Park, my good pick. The uh, the movie that solidified all my childhood memories, fears, and nightmares. What a great, what a great iconic movie. Um, seems so obvious now, but going back and watching it, I mean, I'm sure everybody you know, it's heard a lot about this movie, but going back and watching it, the middle part, like the, the, uh, the act two of this movie is really a horror film. Um, I have forgotten how like scary it really is with, with the T-Rex. And then especially the, um, with the Wayne Knight scene, who the guy who played Newman in Seinfeld, uh, where he's attacked by the Finn dinosaur. Like those are really horrifying scenes, the way Spielberg shot it and the, the camera movements. Um, and I mean, just of course, like when this movie came out, it was it was huge, uh, and and still holds up today. Some of the graphics were a little bit. I think with the HD stuff now, you can kind of see you know it's it's uh, they're they're really really good. But I could pick up a little bit of CGI where they've kind of smoothed that out in in the since the last twenty years. Yeah, but no, uh, nearly man, thirty years. <laughs> it's, thirty, yeah, yeah, I nearly. Think, uh, I just don't want it to be that. I don't want it to have been that long. So yeah. I'm just going to say 20 still. So what, what do we all think? Uh, I, I yeah. love this movie. This is this is a great, great movie. Uh, it's also kind of funny because when you, you know, when I'm when I was searching for my picks for a dinosaur movie, it's the obvious one. Right. But what's crazy is I can't think of other good dinosaur movies mm-hmm. um, like the sequels, especially like I know Jurassic World, maybe I I didn't Jurassic World was okay to me, but like the Lost World was pretty bad, and uh, I hated Jurassic Park three. Um, but yeah, I mean I, I I mean really, can you guys like is there another if you couldn't do the Jurassic Park, would what would be your second choice for good? Yeah, it's a good question. It's tough. That. I mean, Land of the Lost maybe with Will Ferrell. Yeah. <laughs> it would have to be. <laughs> I mean, maybe if you count like King, the original King Kong as a dinosaur movie, but I don't know if. That yeah, really I mean, and if we're like, if we are not including CGI, like animation, so because because my picks originally were just clarified as uh, live action, at least had live action actors and some practical dinosaur effects. So with that in mind, it is really it is really hard to think of some. I'm sure there are some out there, but. I didn't yeah. really come across them when I was researching. I mean, I was kind of looking more for terrible and ugly movies right. in my research. Yeah, because Jurassic Park, like I said, it's the clear one. I already but, knew but, Jurassic Park. But the other thing is, too, it's like it, it doesn't feel like a 90s movie. It doesn't feel dated. And uh, there's almost nothing in the movie that dates it. Like you said the CG maybe will polish around the edges. But you also said that it looks better than a lot of the sequels did. Like somehow the effects hold up more. And, and I think... That had to do with how Spielberg decided to shoot it. Tofer and I have talked about this. There was a rule he had where it couldn't be so close to the camera if it was going to be CG, like within 30 feet or 15 feet or whatever it was. But if it was going to be that close within that range, it had to be an animatronic and it had to be super realistic. And they had Stan Winston doing those um, and and Phil Tippett. Uh, 
and and Dennis Muren did all the CG, and but it just blends so well. Like the, it's hard to tell, mm. especially with the T Rex when it becomes CG versus the animatronic. They cut it so well, so seamlessly. Um, and like I said, there's nothing in the movie that screams 90s to me. I mean, not the hairstyles, not the clothes, not the dialogue. The camera movement's awesome. The only thing that maybe would be like the computer stations and when she's when you know Lexi's messing yeah. with the computer at the end. But even that looks pretty cool. Like it's still a, you know a visual thing. So I, I think mm-hmm. he made a really timeless movie out of this. And on top of that, you know, he made Lexi be the smart one. She's the you know, she's scared of the dinosaurs, but she's also in the computer. So it's kind of a progressive thing where you have a young female lead. Um, I mean, not lead necessarily, but you have a young female that's that's very important, very smart in the movie. And then you have uh, a paleontologist, a female, you know, doctor in there. That's it's you know, they even have that line about woman inherits the earth. Uh, yeah, so I thought good. there was a lot of cool like things that were way ahead of their time that make this movie feel more current than it is. It, it's it's really oh, amazing know- to me when I think about it. And it just occurred to me, there's there's a lot of gender symbolism, too, with um, obviously they made all of the dinosaurs female, so they wouldn't breed. However, when they're landing the helicopter, I don't know if you know this, when when Dr. Grant doesn't have the the seatbelt, the correct seatbelt, you'll notice it's two female parts, mm. right? If you have the male female that mm. clicks in. And so he has to end up making it work and tie it together with two female parts like the dinosaurs make it work later on in the movie with their DNA. And so, there's also the, the thing where uh, where John Hammond is, uh, he's he's not sure that a woman can go do it. And she's, she even kind of corrects him. Right. Like, Look, we can talk about that later. So there, like, like I said, there's a lot of cool stuff in the movie like that. And, um, and you know, and I've read the book and there, there's, I haven't read it in a while, but there's quite a few changes. And I, I think some of them were for the better. Um, in the in the book, John Hammond is more evil and he, he dies in the book. Um, I, I like the the changes that Spielberg made to his character a lot because even though he causes this and he you know is you know he's not like a typical rich villain in it he's much more sympathetic and especially that scene where they're talking he's talking about the flea circus you really kind of understand where he's coming mm-hmm. from and I, I love that scene by the way because um, overall the movie has I think I read it only has like 15 minutes worth of dinosaurs in it and yet it doesn't feel that way at all so. <laughs> It's it's brilliant. I, I I could talk about it all day. It's one of my absolute favorite movies. So I'll so I'll pass it back to to Kelly or Mark. But yeah, I don't want to talk over you guys. Yeah, I mean, for me, it, it does feel dated like the, a tiny bit with the so much of the hacker type stuff. Like a you know, oh, I'm a hacker. Oh, I can you know the, the her like her burgeoning hackerness felt like a very '90s thing. Yeah. And then Newman and his little all his uh, fail safes and little hacker traps and stuff on the computer. Um, that, that felt very of its time to me, but aside from that, like, yeah, that's really the only thing that I can think of. Um, yeah, it's an, it's a great movie. I remember playing the score to it in orchestra in middle school and it was, I mean, it just, you know, as soon as you hear it, it just takes you back. Uh, it's a great piece of music. Uh, yeah, it really, it does stand the test of time. I agree with all that you guys have said. It's funny you mentioned the music too. I played, I played on the piano for a school talent show as well. And my dad and I made a a dinosaur costume, like a paper mache head that I could wear. And it was silly. I walked out and played the song, but, but John Williams is always, 
I'm so bad about, I, I just always consider John Williams, like the one trick pony that did star Wars. And then, and then it's oh, no, like, obviously the opposite of that. Right. Like he did Harry Potter. He did like, he's done so many iconic things and Jurassic park theme song is amazing. And, and anyway. I think Meowington played the, the theme song from it, um, in the, yeah. the cats one. I think so too. That was pretty cool. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, I was going to say there's like, I feel like there's no weak parts to this movie. There's no weak link in this movie at all. Um, I love the new main character. I love the kids. I love the, what would you call him? The tracker, the head of security. Yeah. Uh, you know, the clever girl guy, his character mm-hmm. arc is really cool. Um, and I like how they brought in where Dr. Grant's talking about how they must've hunted. And then that's how they end up hunting the other guy. Uh, and, you know, like uh, it just, it's just so good. Oh, there are two. Yeah, there I love are... it when movies do that. That awesome foreshadowing stuff they do. Like yeah. this movie does it so well. It sets up that scene, and and you know exactly what happens when he looks up at her clever girl. I love that. So great. Um, there are two weird inconsistencies with this movie, or not inconsistency, maybe maybe loopholes. So it's weird. This the T the first T Rex scene is weird because the T Rex is is standing on like ground level. And, and comes through the fence. And then as he's knocking all the cars and the, the people over the ledge, the ledge is somehow like a, a cliff ledge that, that falls way, way down. And like, I always thought it was the other side of the road, but it's not like, if you watch, if you watch closely, like they, they get the car gets knocked over into the T-Rex enclosure and it ends up somehow there's like a, whatever, like a two or three story drop that where the car falls. It's like, hmm. how did the T-Rex get out of the enclosure? Um, if it was that, mm. if it was that high up. Interesting. I'll have to look at that again. Yeah. If you go back and look, cause I remember somebody mentioned, I was like, no, they fell over the other side. It was a ledge on the other side of the T, but it's not, you can like clearly see he moves, he moves the car toward the the torn fence that he just went through. Cause mm. that's what they grab onto the cables from the fence. He tears down. Uh, mm. And then the second thing at the very end, somebody pointed out to me once they somehow don't hear or see the T-Rex coming inside yes. of the, of the, that, <laughs> of that, the that, atrium. That to... Well, so that, I don't know if you know the story behind that, but that wasn't the original ending. And so the original ending, the, that skeleton T-Rex, some of the bones were going to fall apart and Pierce kill some of the raptors. Uh, but it wasn't working. I don't know why Spielberg was like, no, T-Rex is the star. We got to bring him back one more time. So, and I, they even broke their rule about the CG that in that sequence, the T-Rex does get closer to the camera, but that's why Spielberg pushed for that. And, um, so he also, uh, a side note, he pushed for the, the Raptors to be the size they were. Um, they were, I think they're about 10 feet or so in the movie. Whereas prior to this movie, Raptors were considered much smaller. Um, but what's funny is that right before the movie was released, they found dinosaur uh, bones of, of a raptor that were actually 10 feet tall. So he his change actually ended up being scientifically accurate, um, wow. even if they're not accurate on their skin, because I, I think they believe now they would have had feathers or some sort of more bird-like things. And the T-Rex, yeah. obviously, its vision is not based on movement. Uh, but yeah, uh, but yeah, I mean, it's, it's kind of cool, like the stuff, the small stuff. But Spielberg, Spielberg wanted that ending like that. It is kind of goofy, I agree. It makes no sense, uh, but I, but I love it. it. I love it, and I. Cheer I mean, it on. does make for a much more dramatic climax than being pierced by dinosaur bones. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, he he was able to see that the T Rex was the star. So, yeah. cool. Even Samuel L. Jackson, I like his little 
few moments. He's just uh-huh. like such a more serious character in this than he typically is. He tends to be just a little more, I don't know, a little wittier, jauntier or something. I, but but in this, he, <laughs> I love his line, hold on to your butts. And it comes yeah. out a couple times and it just. I use that all the time. Yeah. <laughs> that uh, that loose cigarette just hanging off of his lip a little bit. I love yep. like. Just love the imagery of that. The, I did think when when you see his severed hand drop on her shoulder, I I that part confused me when I was a kid because it looked more muscular than Samuel L. Jackson's character. So I thought it was somebody else, and I didn't get that he like originally. But that's uh getting pretty nitpicky on my part. Yeah, you didn't get the musculature exactly right <laughs> on the severed arm. Prop. But even that severed arm is is much more like, to your point about something you'd see in a horror film. I I, I like yeah. that. I dig the. I, I really like what Spielberg did with it. it. It's it's just an amazing film all around. So did you catch uh, just to, just to tie a little bow on this? Did you catch the lawyer's line? Like there are two things about the lawyer's part that I had never caught before. He says, I think I think he says auto erotica when he's asking if the scientists are like uh, robots. But he doesn't say automaton. He says autoerotica, which I think was just like a little. He, well, they're trying to figure out how to say it, right? He just kind of says that line. Yeah. Yeah. And so I caught me off guard. I was like, wait, did he just say that? And then when he runs away from the kids into the into the bathrooms, right, he's fully clothed, right? And then when they when the thing gets knocked down, it looks like he's in his boxers sitting on the toilet. Well, I wondered like, if, I was wondering legs. if he actually took off his pants. I, I don't know. So did he actually go to the bathroom? I didn't understand that. Like, I've that always like kind of thought or? that. Yeah, I wasn't sure. You know, and that, it's like a weird joke. Speaking of that sequence, though, like it does kind of bother me. And I noticed it this last time when I watched it that, you know, the T-Rex throws that the piece of the, you know, the goat or whatever on the car. And, it's, and you can see it clearly like they look up and they can kind of see it munching. Right. And then he runs mm-hmm. out of the car. But then. You know, Alan Grant and Malcolm, Ian Malcolm are in their car and they don't seem to have noticed any of that. They're just like, where do you see right. he's going? You know, it's like, wouldn't they have just seen yeah. the T-Rex? It was right there throwing pieces of goat. I don't know. that. that so that, se- that sequence <laughs> yeah. in and of itself is a little weird to me. But I, I did think about that because but they do show they show the T-Rex like kind of concealed by the trees. You can just see his head rise above it. So maybe they didn't catch that. Maybe I, I, you, you I, would, I give him that. But yeah. I you mean, would I, think they would like see I said, the I still flywheel. even even all of that, even with the you know, like you said, with the the cliff and all that, I still love it. It's oh it, yeah, 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 it's an amazing sequence and very tense. And I remember watching it in theaters, and it was just crazy. So I think I saw it in theaters as well. I'm pretty sure I did because I remember I remember I was in I was in elementary school, and I remember some kid not being allowed to go see. I was like, it's not that bad. And then the kid started listing off all the things that his parents were like. <laughs> There's this, there's this, there's this. Like, oh yeah, I guess it is pretty gory for a, for a whatever. Well, and, and uh, you know, and it's it, like we were talking about the 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 sequels just aren't nearly as good. And the Jurassic Park three is probably my least favorite, just because um, at the end of this one, it seems like Alan Grant has kind of you know learned a life lesson. He's kind of bonded with the kids, changed his ways, and and then you know, so okay, so he and uh, um, Ellie are gonna get married um and and then okay great they're gonna have kids and then by just Park three she's married to someone else he's not and yeah. it's just it's like what happened in that gap so they're gonna be they're gonna be in the new movie um and uh the, oh really the, yeah the new jurassic world movie coming out they're, I didn't they're know shooting that. it now um in fact yeah it's it's uh ian malcolm alan grant and her, her name's is it ellie 
It's right. Is it right? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. At least so, I don't know. But yeah, can't think of her last name. But yeah, so she, uh, but it's going to be all Laura Dern's coming back too. So I'm really excited. I'm hoping they can maybe right the wrong of Jurassic Park 3 and put them back as a couple. That would be yeah. cool. It, it did. I was always disappointed that they weren't married. It was like they did all that. They did all that legwork. Right. In right. the first movie, setting that up. And then no, no. Alrighty. Well, that's unfortunately we should move on to our next two picks. The first one being Tammy and the T-Rex, 1994. An <laughs> evil scientist implants the brain of Michael, a murdered high school student, into a Tyrannosaurus. He escapes, wreaks vengeance on his high school tormentors, and is reunited with his sweetheart, Tammy. All right, and here's the trick. Because why not? Everything in Tammy's life is just great. But when you're young and in love, life can get very complicated, especially when it involves an insanely jealous creep. That's my lady, all right? Late night phone calls. I want you to come over. Yes! Sneaking around in your own house. Do you lock the door? Don't worry. Your boyfriend getting dumped in a wild animal park. And a crazy doctor. Well, that's it. Who turns out to be a mad scientist. And if you're going to make an omelet, you have to break a few eggs, right? With an insane invention that only needs a brain. But this Tyrannosaurus Rex just wants to be a party animal. Even when you tell the truth, nobody believes it anymore. It was a dinosaur. A what? It's more than a machine with a brain. I mean, it is a machine with feelings. We're on the brink of something special. We are going to be immortalized. Is that really you in there? Oh, Michael, what have they done to you? Crazy. Why aren't I am not going crazy? This is just a little hard to explain. That's my dinosaur! We found the dinosaur, Sheriff. It's in a truck uh, being driven by your son. Byron? Uh, yes, sir. You see a couple of folks back in the hospital. They, they say he stole it. Stole what? The dinosaur. Oh, Jesus. That is my dinosaur that you are threatening. I made him and he is mine. Oh. What are we going to do? I will give you If Tammy has anything to say about it, Tammy and the T-Rex. And we apologize for making you listen to that or watch that uh, trailer for Tammy and the T-Rex. So even in the so just to start in the credits and in the end credits, so I was talking with Charles about this the other day. They spell it Tanny with two N's instead of two M's. <laughs> Well, I don't know if it was just a weird font or we should, what, but no, like, what we, the should, heck? we should backtrack though a little bit because, um, well, first of all, what, what is your what is this your pick? Is this is this your ugly or bad? This is my ugly. You guys okay. are right. Yes. So this would have also been my ugly, um, but part of the, and part of the reason I wanted to do dinosaur movies in the first place was because of this movie. So this movie is from '94 originally, but when it Right before it was released, the producers decided to recut it into a kid-friendly movie, and uh, and they thought that uh, so it, hard was, to imagine. it was kind of presumed that um, the the original cut of it was lost. Even the director thought it was lost, but in like 2017 or 2018, they found it. Um, there was a film print of it, so 
this company, Vinegar Syndrome, I believe is the name of it, they restored it. They made a 4K HD version of it, uh, and, and it's the original gore cut, and it's super violent, a lot of language, very R-rated. Um, and so it, it's great, but, but the reason I bring all that up is because in the original PG-13 cut, it has... They spell Tammy right. They they use a shot of her riding the dinosaur, and they have Tammy and the T-Rex in bright, colorful, kid-friendly letters. And in the gore cut, the R cut that we watched, it's misspelled. And big letters, like big yellow letters right at the beginning. It's pretty hard to miss. <laughs> um, yeah. But I believe it was always, in the credits, it was always spelled Tanny in both versions, T-A-N-N-Y. I have no idea. That just <laughs> adds Jeez. to it, though. Oh man, what a what a what a romp this movie is! <laughs> what what, a, what so, a romp indeed. The basic premise is evil scientist finally gets his hands on this mechanical T Rex, uh, and Paul Walker's character uh, gets mauled by lions in the forest for some reason. <laughs> I guess they needed a reason. You know all that connected plot from Jurassic Park we talked about. None of that here. Uh, he's mauled he by dinosaurs and he's like totally without a scratch by the way yeah they like bust into the to the hospital room and and explain away his body and like take his brain out and put it in the in the mechanical t-rex and so he goes on a on a rampage seeking vengeance and then the the only other part you need to know is denise richards is kind of his new girlfriend but she doesn't want to date him because she's afraid her ex-boyfriend's gonna hurt him and he's like a kind of a, a ruffians drug dealer or whatever rough guy that got kicked out of, of school. Uh, and so of course he gets killed by the dinosaur as well. And, uh, and they're trying to find, they're trying to find Paul Walker body, a new body. And there's like a scene in the morgue where the T-Rex is like looking over the wall as they like lift all these dead bodies up for him to look at and shake his head. No. And, oh man. <laughs> Uh, I will give it this though. I did like. I was impressed by the the um, the somewhat realistic movements of the arms of the T Rex. Like I was surprised with what they were able to actually do with the arms. Like when it was doing uh, charades. I expected it. What's that? Like when it was. Yeah, playing the charades, charades was pretty good. The, he he did a couple things like lifting things and putting things places where I was like, okay, all right, you were. I could tell you had to work at that and I, and maybe try to get that to work instead of it just being a rubber arm and dropping something. But then there were also a lot of of like crafty editing cuts where you would see you'd like see the full dinosaur with the arm and then it would cut to Tammy's face and then you'd like see a claw caress the side of her <laughs> cheek and then it would cut back to the whole body and the the, the arm is like three feet away. <laughs> it's like you know it was not anatomically possible for uh, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> that's great, and that's why this is my ugly pick. That's just that all that stuff. Like I could watch this movie three more times with friends and, and still laugh about. Oh it. yeah, it cracks me up every least. time. Well, and part of it too is that um, these ugly movies tend to walk a fine line for me, right? Like they either if they if they fully embrace their concept and and like you know they just go with it, and they know it's nuts. Um, versus uh, they can also not know they're bad and that makes a great mm -hmm. ugly movie too this one is somewhere in the middle because i feel like they really ran with the concept uh but it also felt like they didn't quite know as wacky you know it, know it was as wacky as it actually was they were right in the middle and I, I think that's what makes it so great like um it's it's just wacky enough but it's it's great uh i love the villain 
I love the main bad guy. Uh, he, my favorite. I love it when he walks in the hospital as a doctor and he's smoking a cigarette, talking. He just cracks me up. Uh, he's he's the actor that played uh, Bernie in Weekend at Bernie's. If you guys didn't know, oh, nice. but, uh, mm-hmm. yeah, I I love this movie. It's, to, it's, uh, it's it's a lot of fun. What's that? Take you back to Magnificent Obsession, Charles? Yes, smoking yes. in the hospital. Yes, <laughs> <laughs> I, lo- I love that sequence. He just hops on. He's like, live, live. <laughs> But I, I love the, sorry go ahead Charles uh, no I was just gonna say I just I just I love the bad guy I love all the scenes I, I, this whole movie just makes me laugh the entire way through it really does it's absurd it's absurd but it's great yeah I, I I would have to agree there's some great one-liners such as for instance I wrote them down allow <laughs> me to read them to you please please regale us <laughs> That ain't no flag, Sheriff. That's a <laughs> brazier. <laughs> also, hang on to your boobs, girl. It's going to be a bumpy ride. And she actually grabs her boobs. Is that Byron? So we haven't, yeah, we haven't mentioned Byron. the sassy black friend, Byron, who is the best part of this movie. <laughs> Do you think so? And <laughs> <laughs> in like full regalia. You know. Yes. I can't imagine he was even in the kid friendly cut because nothing he says is appropriate at all. <laughs> <laughs> he's he's great do you have any more kelly no those were oh, those are my two favorite quotes but i yeah. there's just so many things about this movie like the one other thing that really got me was when they were <laughs> at the lab and that other miscellaneous henchman or whoever it was gets completely flattened <laughs> like a pancake <laughs> like in the in the <laughs> curled up on this like to where you'd have to smush him down and they'd like drag him back into the warehouse like, to do who knows what um, and, um, the, the gore scenes were pretty like pretty graphically i don't know good like there's a lot of there's a lot of goop and there was a lot of blood and a lot of uh they brought in a lot of stuff to to make those work they did for sure especially um the one where the kid gets sliced but the talent and his guts just completely yeah. fall out. <laughs> like, it's really violent. It's really funny. violent yeah. movie. It is really <laughs> violent. But not like Jurassic Park. It's really violent. Like, oh, that's funny. It's so violent. Right. And there was one, there was one that seemed a little like you could tell, I forget what scene it was, but you could tell the guy had like a big thing on his chest and stomach. I don't think it was the scene you're talking about though, because I remember that looking good. But there's another one where you could tell he had like it didn't look his body didn't look like correct it looked like there was extra bulk there from the mm-hmm. from whatever they used for the practical effect i like the uh the surgery the actual brain surgery yeah. they did that was pretty pretty gory too they just stapled the scalp back on with a staple yeah gun. he's gonna put it back in the morgue no problem no one's gonna notice <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so I... go ahead sorry go ahead one of my favorite things I can't believe this hasn't come up yet was was the eating of the rose. Yes, that's what I was about to mention in the beginning. So Paul Walker is um, courting Denise Richards, and their love is so sweet and so pure. And he just he offers her this yellow rose, and then he just eats the petals off of it. And in the moment, you're like, "That's a pretty weird thing to do." <laughs> and later on, it comes up because. Once his brain has been implanted into the T-Rex, he's using that as a way to try to let her know non-verbally that he is who he is. And so he finds a rose and he, again, like, does charades, mimes it, puts it in his mouth. And she's like, oh, it's you. I'm like, did you? 
of all the like clearly that was included in the beginning just for this moment but, but like couldn't they have picked something that was That's a true. little less of a just random i don't know yeah that like this movie really started off with a good pace because you think maybe it wouldn't be good till they get to the dinosaur part no it was like him eating a rose to court her and she's like you're so weird i love you because you eat roses like what is that no Nobody ever courted somebody like that. And then the ex-boyfriend shows up and there's a fight. And then they the fight ends up, they're grabbing each other by the crotch and like twisting each other's okay. crotches. Okay, I have a question about that though. Because at the, at, at the end, the punchline to that is that Paul Walker tells the officer that he's wearing a cup. Yeah. Okay, so what was the other guy grabbing? If, if he's wearing a cup, there's like nothing to grab. Yeah. Right. It makes yeah. no sense to me. Um, but then, but then the the Kelly Kelly's you see this is so great. We're like I'm tearing up as well, Kelly. Um, the the two deputies, the one you quoted earlier, uh, one of the deputies like we got ourselves a testicular standoff. But he was like, but he said it as if it was like a normal thing. Like we got another one of these testicular standoffs. Like what? <laughs> Classic Tuesday. It's ridiculous. <laughs> I, and I, oh man, you talk about all the goop and all that. Like, I, you know, we're talking about gore, <laughs> but but one of the things that cracked me up was when the dinosaur was at his funeral and he starts crying. <laughs> this thing, this, it's so stupid, but it, it just it made me crack up. And how does oh no one God. see this giant dinosaur from hiding behind a tree watching the funeral? <laughs> and it's just a river of tears. Yes, just it is. it's up. beautiful. This it's nice. I like it. Oh, oh god! Oh, this now, to their credit, it was a pretty impressive mechanical T Rex. Like it was a full scale. <laughs> like when they have the girl dangling upside down from the the party scene, I'm like, that's a like they actually have this really impressive piece of uh, mechanical. Well, I, IMDb says that uh, basically the director, and he's the director that did Mac and Me. If, if you've seen that. Uh, but basically, one of his friends or someone, they were moving this mechanical dinosaur to some amusement park, I think, in Texas. And the friend was like, okay, I have this for a few weeks. Can you make a movie around it? And he yes. did. And he was, like, riding it. They were riding it so fast, like, trying to ride it as they were going along. So, <laughs> really? You couldn't tell. <laughs> you wouldn't have known. It was written in weeks and put together. Well, it's funny you mentioned that because I was looking at the dates. It's like, okay, Jurassic Park was 93. This came out in 94. So, it, it even felt like a rushed, like, what's cash grab for the for the dinosaur right. genre. Uh, which, <laughs> I mean, the effects are almost as good as Jurassic Park's, even though you're later. The, the few, like... I don't even know. Are they animatronic? Are they animated? What the few shots of the dinosaur moving are so bad. <laughs> I like too how they, whenever you see the dinosaur and it's a close up of the face, he always has the same expression. He's always like, like his mouth is slightly open as if he's listening intently. Yeah, it's Paul Walker in there. Because that was <laughs> that was the binary. That was like the other binary. It was either normal or up upturned. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. Neutral or full of rage, uh, and then the, and then yes. we already talked about the ending, like what the, the no, last little yeah. sequence. Oh, yeah. well, my problem with the ending, just before we get into the striptease, is that <laughs> like there was no there was no resolution. The brain was still sitting there in a little pool of chemicals. Like, oh, we'll find you a body at some point, and then it ended with well, the, but yeah, but she said that the they made that that offhand remark about was it the skiers that were frozen. 
She she implied that yeah. there were some bodies they were going to try to find and put him right. in. But that yeah, he, like in the end, he's just a brain. Like the the T Rex gets all shot up as if it's a real thing and not a mechanical machine. And then <laughs> yeah, and then they put the brain in, and she's got like a video camera on it. And the brain's a little little platform. And she, and she does a striptease for it. Yeah, she did. That's why it's hard to imagine this was ever cut for kids. Like, I can't imagine the footage they had. Well, the I mean, it, 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 I think it was PG-13, but it was still... Like, if you listen to that trailer, it was very much intended for a younger audience. Like, it's like a ha- happy music and a happy narrator. And like I said, big, bright, colorful letters for the name. <laughs> it reminded me a little... The the mood of this reminded me a little bit of the humor from the, the Hulk Hogan Santa Claus movie. Uh just that that those weird villains that were kind of over the top. Yeah, yeah. That's uh, that's a good a good parallel. I didn't I didn't draw that. <laughs> okay. I, I wondered. Any, I wondered during that scene where the voice was coming out of, because his brain is just simmering in the liquid, and he's like, "Yeah, oh yeah, do this, do that," and it's just like, is the voice supposed to be coming out of the brain, or is it? There's a camera somewhere like i don't i don't i don't know didn't get that you're pulling at these threads kelly don't don't, yeah, don't pull at those threads now that's true i i am but maybe I the to... maybe there are speakers in the camera <laughs> jp so you're oh, okay she what is she sitting out there but but the voice it's it can't be separate what did she pour over the bread? She like poured alcohol or was it coffee or I think it was alcohol. She something. Didn't she give him a shot? Like to yeah. get him drunk? Yeah. <laughs> to pour it over the braid, I guess, which I guess would work if it soaked in through the you think it would kill him instantly if there's that much alcohol with that small amount of tissue. I think <laughs> it would like true. destroy the blood on contact. <laughs> like it's gotta be like what, five percent of your body mass, your brain? <laughs> You just put a whole shot of alcohol. There's no blood, it. blood, blood, um, brain barrier. It's not protecting it in yeah. that case. I don't know. It's just uh, <laughs> you guys are pulling at the threads. So it's... Yeah. Yeah. Sorry. Sorry. Yeah. Let's stop. Okay. <laughs> All right. Okay. Let's jump three years into the future, 1997, and we're going to bring you Future War. A it's a very short synopsis. I apologize. A runaway human slave from Earth's future escapes to the present. Okay, here's the trailer. (laughs) Four days ago, a fire fell from the sky and it brought a man who would change my life forever. For all the questions I had about the heavens, all it brought was hell on earth. What's there not to believe? A race of transplanted humans bred on another planet. One of them escapes, returns to his ancestral world, and these dinosaurs and their masters are here to bring him back. Personally, I think he's nuts. I've seen these dinosaurs, Doctor. They're real. Maybe his story is real, too.
And there you have Future War, the movie explicitly designed to give this guy the career of Jean-Claude Van Damme because he looks very similar to him and yes, does similar does. things as him. That's, that's my only takeaway from this movie. Well, that and uh, Man, I read. So... I read. Uh, I watched it with Toby, and like he he read something about how uh, the ninety nine percent of the budget must must have been spent on empty cardboard boxes. Yes, <laughs> that was my favorite. That's when I knew it was going to be like a. Well, so it, this was a bad movie, um, and and the Nymphoid movie did this similarly is that there's very little dialogue. There's like silent sound effects, silence and sound effects without really much music and then just fight scenes and not a lot of actual talking. And so it, there were funny kind of ugly parts to it, but it just wasn't as fun to watch. I was just kind of bored and it was easy to ignore this movie, but there is that scene. So early on, he, he comes from the future and is chased by dinosaur trackers but there are also cyborgs for some reason that rule over the dinosaurs. I they're, assume they're their owners, right? I, I, didn't they mention yeah. like the dinosaurs are their pets or something? I don't yeah. know. The the dinosaurs are like they're basically like they're hunting dogs. So like like the bloodhounds tracking <laughs> the guy down, um, and they consider Earth heaven. Like they consider the Earth of the past to be heaven. And so, uh, but anyway, there's this fight scene where they're supposed to be at this warehouse, and it's literally just empty cardboard boxes stacked you know 10 feet high and they you know the fight scene they kind of bust through some of these boxes dramatically but everybody watching is just wondering why are there all these empty boxes stacked on top of each other why aren't they folded until they're needed and it, <laughs> you, it, we it, can tell it, they're it, very light and empty even she's off john claude van damme but it's also i mean the the villain is a kind of like terminator like it's a total rip yeah. off of that yeah <laughs> so and the leading actress is a 50 cent version of Robin Wright Penn. Yes. <laughs> yeah, it looks exactly like her. Um, it's very strange. It, okay, okay. She, so she, and she's supposed to be a reformed nun. She's a nun who used to be like a drug addict. And so she knows all these people from the streets. When you, and when she has you to end were, up bringing them in to help fight. That brings up, though, when you and I were talking about the movie and the ending in, in particular, what was it you thought the ending was, Mark? Because so we disagreed f- about it, I think, or, or at least I didn't <laughs> I, remember it your way. No, I think I'm wrong because I've I've seen it twice, and, and that's kind of a shocking statement because who would watch <laughs> this twice? But at the end, she she so they make it seem like he dies, but but apparently not. So because at the end, there's you see this uh, clipping of a newspaper article with his face, and he says something about him becoming a, a guidance counselor. Uh, and then you hear this woman's voice calling into a helpline and it's his voice responding to her. So when I saw it, I thought that was her voice, the main actor, the nun's voice calling in for help. So I thought they were doing like a time loop thing where he somehow went back into the past again and he's the one who helped her become a nun so that she could then find him and help him. Right? Like, so I, th- I thought they were doing something really complex there. But then, which which doesn't make much sense based on the rest of the movie, but at least I was like, oh, that's kind of a weird twist. But then Charles and Toby were like, oh, I think it's just somebody calling in for help, and it's just some other girl, which makes, which I think it is. I think that's what actually happened. <laughs> that's what I thought, too. That's the way I interpreted it, but I like your interpretation so much more. I, right. And it kind of, you can read that into it. I mean, right. you could be right. We don't know. I'm just going to pretend that you are. Yeah, It gives the movie a lot more credit than it probably yeah. deserves, but... 
But yeah. Yeah, what, what was the quote Toby kept saying? Uh, the end, well, the says, lady at the end, she says, uh, "Every everything he wanted was everything I needed." <laughs> something like that. No sense. I, I may have that backwards. It may be everything he needed was everything I wanted, but I think I yeah, think it's everything which, he wanted was everything I needed. It's nice romantic line. Which makes line. equally as little sense. Uh, Love means never having to say you're sorry. Uh, we need to talk about Fred too. Poor Fred. He was the most interesting character. The he's the friend of the nun, and he's like this big guy. He. At one point, he's sitting at the kitchen table when when they just met the Jean Claude Van Damme wannabe, and he can't quite talk yet. And he's like, "Uh, uh words." Um, but Fred has like a pipe at the table for no like, he never smokes it. He just happens to have a pipe in one of the scenes, and that's all we see of him. And they do the in media res where we see him die at the beginning of the movie, and then they go back in time and tell the story up leading up to his death. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's all that dramatic irony, knowing Fred's going to perish. <sighs> Indeed, dramatic irony. I th- this this whole movie, this really okay. I had several flashbacks while I was watching this. The first was to the horrible nineteen ninety four version of the Fantastic Four, in the sense that, <laughs> like, it, it, it's a fairly you know this was made in nineteen ninety seven, and when you think about the fact that it was made four years after Jurassic Park, like we've been saying, and it's the graphics are infinity times worse. And it's just, it, it's a low budget movie and it feels low budget, unlike successful movies that have been made on low budgets that do a lot with what they have. But the, just the cojones on the people who designed this movie, they were like, let's, we have no money to make this, but let's make it about dinosaurs and space and future concepts like and let's just figure out how to make that work it, it's like i don't know why they ever thought they could pull that off and i thought they were going to lean more heavily on the space aspect after watching the first part of the movie and i was glad that they did not but <laughs> it would have been fun to watch them try it, it would that, have actually yeah like the the, the ship they built to show they showed the uh the hatch opening and that was pretty convincing like you could tell they put a lot of like some time into that and then but everything after that was like the dinosaurs were sometimes small, but sometimes made to look like they were life size, right? But you could tell it was the same oh, actual yeah. dinosaur. Yeah, I, could, I couldn't figure them. that out. How big are they supposed yeah. to be? Right. Because um, he's like literally, he has one by the neck and is like punching a T Rex that's like this size. If you can see, you know, just like the size, like smaller than him, and he's holding it the whole T Rex. But then later, they're made to look like there are some that are seven, eight feet tall. Yeah. Anyway, so bad. It was. It it definitely it had it as well as Fantastic Four, it had a time chasers vibe to me. <laughs> Something yeah. about it. I, yeah, it did. A little bit. <laughs> I, I, I like time chasers more, but <laughs> Yeah, I do too. And and I would have I, I would have called this ugly if uh, like we like we said before, I mean I think I would have called this and Tammy both ugly. Obviously yeah. Tammy's a little bit more fun, um, more ugly, but this one, I do also see your point, Mark, about how there were scenes of ugliness and hilarity punctuated by long scenes of just walking through a warehouse and, you know, no, like you said, no dialogue. It was just, yeah, it, it, very strange. But then something would happen, like he would do, 
<laughs> like his uh what was it? his his meditation taekwondo inside the jail cell without a shirt on <laughs> yeah of course I like, yeah uh, i looked away for a split second when they were attacked in the church and i looked back and his shirt had come off i was like wait i missed it when did, <laughs> when did the shirt come off he must have just ripped it off i guess yeah they use that uh they use that door squeak sound effect that i think i think it's in gold night at one point too it's like the classic creaky door but they use it like four or five times throughout the movie and it just kept distracting me every time I heard it. Because like there's that stupid door squeak sound effect on a different door. <laughs> At one point it was just like a door into our room that was not a rusty metal door, which is... <laughs> she had she had like a scrapbook that she was looking through of her past, but it was like all the worst things yeah. that you wouldn't normally take pictures of, right? It's like yes. her doing drugs and her like it's like, wait, why do you have a scrapbook of this? <laughs> like same thing. the worst character development she warned into a scrapbook. Yeah. That's so uh, true. And then they bring they bring in like the gang members that we've never met before that she knows from the street, like, you know, sixty percent of the way into the movie. Uh, I need your help, guys. Yeah, they just randomly drive up and they're able to get her a gun and all that stuff. That's yeah, pretty awesome. Very convenient. Yeah. Future war. All right. So do you want to talk about a nymphoid barbarian in Dinosaur Hell? Yeah. So so nymphoid barbarian uh, in Dinosaur Hell, to use the full title, uh, is a movie about post-apocalyptic um, landscape. They're the like we've evolved to be barbarians again and there's this so nymphoid it makes it sound like nymphomaniac or like it's it's somehow a lot more sexually explicit than it really is but i think it just means like a young woman who's come of age um, and she's with her because I, I have the trailer if you want to do that too oh yeah let's do that um let me i didn't pull the synopsis because i didn't think about it for the this one but um i can real quick as i'm talking about it so she's with her she's with her boyfriend and uh so the, the thing I liked about this movie is that I thought I was watching. I was like, oh, man, this is another bad pick. But then something would happen. I'd be like, oh, yeah, you got me back on board the ugly train. So let's watch the uh, let's watch the trailer and we'll All right. uh, I'll give you some of those little snippets. But the, the, the synopsis is. Oh, go ahead. oh, yeah. The synopsis in a post Armageddon world. A young woman finds herself in a fight for survival against mutant cavemen, dinosaurs and other prehistoric animals. beyond the future in a land before time began. The day after has become the day before. The Tromaville of the future has become a dinosaur hell. In this dinosaur hell, there is only one type of being that can survive, a barbarian. And what kind of barbarian? Why, a nymphoid barbarian. A nymphoid barbarian in dinosaur hell. Across a hostile landscape, humans battle for supremacy against mutants. Deadly dinosaurs have arisen from nuclear holocaust. And all of them are hot for a nymphoid barbarian in dinosaur hell. Yes, for the first time ever, the prehistoric meets the prepubescent. She's the last womanoid in the Tromaville of tomorrow, and she's wanted by men and mutant alike. She's a nymphoid barbarian 
in Dinosaur Hell. Starring international cult heroine Linda Corwin as the nymphoid barbarian. Not since Raquel Welch in One Million Years B.C. has one woman had to face such a fearsome collection of rabid reptiles. You've seen the Brontosaurus, the Tyrannosaurus, but you won't believe your eyes when you come face to face with the Tromosaurus. Only the Troma team could bring you the incredible state-of-the-art special effects from internationally acclaimed effects wizards Brett Piper and Alex Purney, the masterminds behind a nymphoid barbarian in dinosaur hell. You'll swear you are watching the real thing. A nymphoid barbarian in dinosaur hell. Primitive, brutal, horrifying, lust-crazed in human monsters, all battling over one beautiful, seductive, tantalizing prize. A nymphoid barbarian in dinosaur hell. She's the heroine every woman wants to be. The courage of a lioness, the hunting skills of an Amazon, and all the beauty of a fine young nymphoid. Only one man will possess the ultimate weapon. But no man can ever possess a nymphoid barbarian in dinosaur hell. You must see a nymphoid barbarian in dinosaur hell. The prehistoric and the prepubescent together at last. So there you have it. That trailer should give you a little bit of an idea about what the movie was like. Um, so this movie did the did it even more where the characters could all speak and they spoke English, but they like there was almost no dialogue for the first 20 or 30 minutes. Uh, and I read the IMDb trivia that said he had, uh, I guess a producer had told him, like, cut the dialogue and just give us action. Uh, and then later on, he was and then later on, he, he submitted the film and the producer was like why is there any talking anymore you need more dialogue uh but something those the scenes would kind of draw out and then at one point there was like this little kid it was clearly this kid but he was in a he was in like a barbarian costume so it was like a he was supposed to be playing like a midget type character and he was being hunted by the bad guys uh lackeys and they kind of they kind of tackle him and i thought oh that that's kind of horrible it's this poor little helpless creature that's attacked and then they literally rip off his arm and he starts eating it like a turkey leg the main bad guy like oh my gosh you have like now you've got my attention again and there's a lot of cool like i couldn't tell if it was stop action or claymation but there's a lot of cool effects with the actual dinosaurs and and they they did a lot of you know they they actually thought through some of the scenes and the and the cut scenes of how they would uh of how how to make that seem uh seem natural with there was like a worm coming out of the ground at one point and so they would bring some of those elements in right as I was kind of losing interest. Uh, well, um, it's a trauma course, movie. Avoid, I mean, you, you kind of know it, you, you kind of know what to expect from trauma movies if if you watch any of those. So um, I, I want to try and catch it someday. I, I really do want to try and watch it. Uh, as I say, I, I I you know when I looked it up, I, I could not believe this is from 1990. It looks so much older. I assume this is one of the older trauma movies. Yeah, but no, 90. Yeah, it the director did special. other stuff like uh, Queen Crab. Looks like he does a lot of sci-fi type, sci-fi channel type movies. Brett Piper. Yeah. Hmm. What were you saying, Kelly? Oh, I don't, I don't, I don't even know. It already has left my mind. It just, it looks, it looks interesting. I <laughs> watching the trailer. I was intrigued by the graphics, by everything. 
So yeah, Charles, if you ever do find a copy of it somewhere, let me know. Yeah, we'll, we'll figure it out. Um, do you want to, the other one, uh, we mentioned we might talk about the Velocipaster. Are you ready to move on to that, Mark? Yeah. Okay. So this is one that I had considered for one of my picks when I was trying to do it. Um, and I do have the trailer for that one as well. Let me look up the synopsis. Uh, I've, got, I've got the synopsis. Oh, go ahead. Go ahead then. Um, it really is a, uh, it's a good one. After losing his parents, a priest travels to China where he inherits a mysterious ability that allows him to turn into a dinosaur. At first, he is at first horrified by his new power. A hooker convinces him to use it to fight crime and ninjas. <laughs> Here we go. The end ninjas is that final little sprinkle on top. It's so good. Where they followed me home. The Velocipista, a troubled priest. How long has it been since your last confession? Oh, it's been about two years. I do drugs, sell drugs, uh, murder people. The Velocipista, a beautiful girl with a dark past. Last night was amazing. What are you talking about? Tony turned into a dinosaur and ate someone. What? Dinosaurs. You guys talk all the time about helping people. This might actually be the first time in your life you can. By what? Killing people? Yes! That's insane, Doug. God does not want people dead. Oh, I think God wants a lot of people dead. <laughs> I did not, so I didn't have time to watch this because we just were talking about it yesterday. I posted it. Uh, one of my friends happened to post it on uh, on Facebook, so I shared it with, with the all two, and they were able to watch it in time. Um, I had to throw chicken nuggets on my kids to keep them alive, so I didn't have time, but... That based on the trailer, it looks amazing. So what do, what do y'all think? Well, I had watched ugly? it. I had watched it. Like I said, I had watched it, and I was considering it for my ugly, and and I do enjoy it. Um, but it, it's kind of like that line I was talking about. I feel like this movie really knows it's trying to make a bad movie, and they really lean into that. Um, it's kind of like uh, you know, Birdemic and The Room were great because those people really thought they were making a good movie, and then. Birdemic 2 was terrible because they knew they were making a bad movie at that point, right? Um, so I feel like this movie, it toes the line, but it kind of slips into uh, being too self-aware and, and, and too over the top. But it, it's it, it's it's a really short movie. It's only like an hour and five minutes or an hour and ten minutes or something. But mm-hmm. uh, I, it does make me laugh. There's a lot of goofy things. I love the performances, actually. I think the acting from the two leads is great. <laughs> um, the main guy... Uh, he kind of reminds me of like uh, Benedict Cumberbatch and Guy Pierce a little, little bit. bit, and the other the lady reminds me of Jennifer Lawrence. So, mm-hmm. it's what do you think, Kelly? 
Oh, I agree on all counts. Um, I also, there is, um, I agree about the Jennifer Lawrence and I would have added in a little dash of Lily Sobieski, your favorite person, Mark, especially at the end, there's a ninja fighting sequence where she's wearing, I can't, I looked away. I don't know if this was already in the trailer or not, but she's wearing this (laughs) black unitard with a a deep, deep V plunge um, neckline. And it reminds me of what Lily Sobieski wears in Never Been Kissed. Anyway, um, (laughs) this movie was insane and I vacillated between loving it and hating it. In the beginning, I was like, I... I had a very strong negative reaction. I was like, I don't, I don't want to do it. I don't want to finish it. But then I did. And I was glad I did because <laughs> it was very bizarre, but it, it was funny. Um, I, <laughs> so the funniest thing, so I started this, I barely had enough time to watch it right before the podcast. So there were, it was, what was it? It was 8.50. There were nine minutes left in the movie and, I, and Zach and I were watching it together. And I was like, oh, okay, well, I need to go set up the zoom call. And so I'm just going to like, I was like, is it okay if I leave it on in the background and I'll just hear like what's going on for the last few minutes and it'll be fine. And he was like, okay. So I come into my office, I turn everything on and then I hear all manner of craziness happening on the TV. And Zach is like, he's like, um, <laughs> like, you're going to want to see this. <laughs> so <I go> in. <laughs> well, the climax of the movie is in the last like six minutes of it. It's crazy. <laughs> Like a lot happens. In the time that I had gone, he had tra- they were doing the ninja battle. He had transformed back into a velociraptor, and and we had not previously seen him in his velociraptor form. We had just seen him like kind of hulking out and changing into it, but it was just um, obviously a man in like a fabric suit with an like a T-Rex. style hump. <laughs> Yeah, and, and 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 he's like walking around like this. It looked absolutely ridiculous. And Zach was like, "There's no possible way that I could have conveyed this to you. You just had to see it." I don't know. I didn't see it, and I'm I'm laughing my butt off here. That sounds amazing. It's it's, it's really awesome. Uh, it was ridiculous. So, can I ask just a, a matter of business here? Are we are we allowing ourselves to ever like rage quit a movie and just and just like decide not to power through it? I don't so I know. Mean, no, I bring it up because Charles's picks. He he thinks they're no. going to be super terrible. I, we don't want. We're not going to. If we do that rule, it's got to be after you watch my movies. Yeah, because <laughs> uh, I just I, we had a guest a guest host. I can't remember if it was Doctor Mike or Topher, but he he was like, yeah, I just didn't finish it. <laughs> I think <laughs> it was like, Topher. <laughs> What movie was that? I, can't I don't remember. even remember, but yeah, that was funny. Uh, okay, all right. Well, I'm uh, I am waiting with bated breath, Charles, to uh, to hear your picks. Yeah, so so mine uh, it's going to be for October, and and I've teased it a lot, as you guys know. You're probably sick of it. Um, not only on this podcast, but I think I've talked about it on the other podcasts I do. So. Uh, I want to ask. I kind of don't even want to give you the satisfaction of reacting to whatever it's going to be. I'm just going to sit here like. No, no, <laughs> yeah, I want the too. satisfaction. Right. You give me the satisfaction. I crave it. <laughs> I know it. you do. Uh, no, I crave it. Don't don't do that to me. Don't torment me. So, uh, but I I would say, uh, well, one, do you guys have any guesses at all? No. No. Your Nothing? hints were too too abstruse. Nothing. Okay. All right. Okay. Um, are are you ready then? Yes. Okay. So. The genre I want to do for for October for Halloween for spookiness, torture porn. Oh no! 
<laughs> is it? I'm watching Kelly. Is, is there going to be a saw? Just. No. What's up, Kelly? Give me, give me a reaction. <laughs> nothing. Nothing. Um, nothing over here. Do elaborate. Uh, so the movies are Blood Sucking Freaks from 1976, Ichi the Killer from 2001. And Hostel from 2005. So no Saw movies on this list. Wow, 2005, okay. I gotta watch Hostel again. I believe it's again. 2005. Am I right Okay, now, just for any listeners who may not understand the terminology, it's not actually pornographic. You just mean that it's like... It's so a, so much torture. It's like meant to hit that button in our heads that really... Yeah, and it doesn't even necessarily have... To, I don't think it has to actually involve torture. It's just that... The movies are so over the top graphic and their their violence towards people um, that it's it's almost like you're you're loving the violence and the gore. It's almost like pornography for those people, like a fetish yeah. almost. Um, and I, I and, and you know it, it's kind of a uh, the the director of Hostel, um, your favorite. Uh, he uh, it's Eli Roth. If you guys don't remember, but he he directed uh, Cabin Fever. Uh, but oh, yeah. it, he he didn't actually like the term because it's a critic that actually gave that term speaking about hostile, uh, and so it's you know some filmmakers don't actually think it's a true genre, and some believe that it's only like a certain amount of years, and so I'm kind of cheating that by including blood sucking freaks in this because it's from the 70s, way before that term was ever coined. But yeah, so those those are my picks though. Oh, well, man. I'll say this, Charles. I that is not at all. <laughs> where I thought it was going. So where'd, you did surprise where, me. Where did you think it was you going? Did. That's what I'm curious about. I don't know. I don't know what to think. I thought it was going to be something like something like these two ugly picks, like some category that was just so off the wall, bad, terrible, like like a like a bad movie. I didn't think you were going. You wouldn't want to watch it because it was so disgusting, kind of thing. So we shall see. All right, you'll have to. <laughs> You got to sit through the movies. As I said, my wife uh, has made me apologize in advance because she can't sit through them. So. Yeah, but she's she's different. Uh, well, watch the movie. <laughs> also, movies. she also cusses. She also cusses anytime there's a jump scare in any movie. I feel like her threshold's lower than ours. You've trained us. Yeah. Well, yeah. well uh, have you have you heard of the other two movies at all? No. So what was the second one? It starts with the I, right? I- Ichi the Killer from 2001. That's a Japanese film. How do you spell it? Ichi. Uh, I-C-H-I. It's uh, okay. Takashi Miike is the director. And then Blood Sucking Freaks uh. from 1976. <laughs> Kelly says, I couldn't watch Blood Sucking Freaks. It made me feel too icky at the beginning. It's so bad. Dot, dot, dot. <laughs> Or maybe trepidation, even just thinking about it. Yeah, it, yeah, it might be my good one too. I mean, <laughs> and I wonder what you. I wonder this will be interesting in terms of the guessing your picks because I don't know how you might feel about Hostel, how good you think it is or not. So this will. I, that's what I'm looking forward to is, is trying to guess which one's which. I want a full report when you guys watch them. I want you to text me. I want to hear reactions just to see because I'm really excited. Have you seen Hostel, Kelly? Mm-mm. Oh, it's okay. No, I, <laughs> it's pretty rough. The first, I think, two Saw movies, but I think those are the only movies of this genre that I have ever seen. So it will be new to me. All right. Oh, I don't know how to feel. I feel like, yeah, I think. <laughs> I feel icky like... or itchy. I don't know. 
<laughs> yeah. Uh, and then we, okay. uh, so we got that coming up next month. Uh, this month on the 23rd, I believe, um, well, two weeks from now, uh, Topher and I are going to be doing our, um, our next episode of 5050. Uh, and it's the, it's the Blade Master and American History X. Mm. And then um, also in October, uh, we're going to be starting 31 Days of Horror, of course, on the on the first Friday the 13th themed. And we're going to yep. do um, we're going to start um, another here and there series. Uh, Kelly and Topher and I are going to do one over the Hannibal Lecter books and movies. So that'll be coming up, too. So we got a lot of good stuff coming up. Yeah. Oh, fun. Uh, fun fact. The Mandela effect. He never says hello, Clarice, in the movie. Right, I've heard. I've heard that. Yeah, yeah. it's kind of like the Luke, I am your father. Yeah, yeah. All right, cool. Got a lot of a lot of good content coming your way, people. Especially that thirty-one days of horror. Especially torture porn. Yeah, that'll be. <laughs> Especially that, yes. <laughs> so we're doing that early October, right? the first the first Wednesday in October. Yeah, and then that episode. Yeah, and then October twenty-first is the is the here and there. So nice. All righty. Good times. Well, awesome picks, Mark. Thank you. That was a, a good. Well, we got to give Charles some credit for the taming yes. of the dinosaur. Or yeah. the I'm so I'm so thrilled True. you picked that one. I, I was hoping because, uh, like I said, that was the whole reason I would have done dinosaurs anyway. So nice. I I think that one was up there for me with like a talking cat and <laughs> uh, Fantastic Four and uh, gosh. What well, and I haven't I, laughed this. My favorite. I think, it, I think it was uglier than uh, than Velocipaster. So, like I said, it was kind of a toss up. I was going back and forth between those two, which is funny that Mark mentioned it because those were probably two that I. Yeah. Like, uh, but yeah, I, I I think I like Tammy and the T Rex more. Yeah, me too for sure. <laughs> nice. Our girl Denise. Our girl Denise. Okay, well, mm-hmm. everybody, as always, you can catch us live on Facebook or listen to the replay on iTunes, Spotify, Google. Google Play uh, and YouTube by searching Good Bad Podcast, all one word, or head over to our website, it's just awesome.com. But wherever you check us out, please be sure to subscribe because it really does help. And uh, I have been Mark. And I have been Kelly. And as always, I'm Charles, and have a good one. Thanks, Thanks guys. Bye.